boys screws loose and I stripped the bolts on them. Should have never sent them to pick up the work for me. Sprayed the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was all goners. Tank cursive on the chest. Greetings, Chuddlings. Welcome to another episode of Chuddy's Corner. Uh, it is Thursday, January 25th. It is 10.30 p.m. here on the East Coast. And the Celtics embarrassed the Heat. Uh, 143-110 down in Miami, down in South Beach. Uh, I am your host for another episode of Chuddy's Corner, Dugouts. With me, as always, is Chuddy, King Chuddy. How you feeling tonight? I'm feeling about as good as I think a Celtics game can feel in the regular season. Uh, we don't get to enjoy too many absolute beatdowns of the Heat like that, so feeling great. Yeah, oh yeah, it was. I was prepared for the worst, expecting the best, and uh, <laughs> the the best part definitely turned out to be on the right side of things. Um, before we get into tonight's episode, make sure that you are, if you're on Twitter, if you're on X, you're following at Chuddy's Corner. That's the show page. Make sure you're following me at Doug underscore outs. That's my page. Make sure you're following Chud at King Chuddy. That's his page. Make sure you, uh, whatever platform you're listening on, you've hit that like button. You've hit that subscribe button. You've left a comment. You left a review. Uh, make sure you're doing all that good stuff. Uh, go ahead and on even some platforms you don't listen to. Feel free to give us a like and a subscribe. Um, special shout out to our sponsor as always as well nick prano real estate nickprano.com for all your local real estate needs he's got you covered best in the game both houses the podcast is recorded from are nick prano houses so he obviously does a pretty good job um so yeah we'll get right into it again celtics 143 110 uh tatum the high score 26 8 and 4 for him tonight um was looking like it was going to be kp we're going to get a little bit into that later on uh, after the breakdown um, leaving with an ankle injury. But otherwise, this was just a pretty thorough ass kicking through and through by the Celtics. So this is one that I'm very excited to break down. Um, so I'll just, without any further ado, I'll pass it over to you, Ben, uh, or over to you, Chud. And uh, let's see what you thought. You mean the breakdown of the game? Great game, really. Uh, right out of the bat. It was just fun to watch. I think the first thing that probably anyone tuning into this game that was unfortunately only nationally broadcasted, so we were yeah, all forced to suffer through Reggie Miller in the TNT broadcast. Not ideal. But uh, the first takeaway from the game was like that Heat Arena was absolutely dead, absolutely <laughs> empty, empty, and it seemed like the only people there were Celtics fans. So, I mean, talk about rivalry week. Like, what a pathetic showing. Um, and I mean, let's not forget, like, that's who Heat fans really are. Uh, heat so culture. Yeah, heat culture on full display uh, in the crowd tonight. So that was the first thing. But anyway, as for the game, um, Celtics came out. It had, despite the crowd, it had like a pretty intense feel to it in the first few minutes. It seemed like everyone was kind of locked in. Uh, Rozier started off with a blow by right away. Blue pass Drew made one of those high little like dipsy do layups, got them right off the board. Uh, we went right back at them, and I think Drew got a layup of his own. Or uh, no, White blew right by for a layup of his own. And I was like, all right, we're already buckling in for like a back and forth yeah. battle. Um, but I liked what the Celtics were doing. Again, kind of a con continuation of last game. It was slicing right through. Porzingis going out on the perimeter, pulling Bam outside. You saw Tatum go right to the hoop. Two possessions in a row, Drew free throws. He was four for four, like two minutes into the game. Jalen, same thing, got a switch, went right past Bam, went up for a layup. So, again, we were attacking the cup, attacking the cup, and you saw mm. right away the benefit of Porzingis pulling Bam away from the basket, opening up those driving lanes for the Celtics was great to see. Um, There's an awesome play at the beginning of the game that I thought was just a small play that could easily get lost, but an absolute tone setter. Uh, 
I think it was Porzingis, missed a three badly. It looked like it was headed out of bounds. Jalen Brown in the right corner just went absolutely mm. flying into the crowd, diving out of bounds for an amazing save. Uh, all the, threw it almost to half court right to Drew, kept the possession alive. He hit Tatum, and that was one of the possessions that Tatum drove and drew two free throws. So, again, like a small thing, but I just saw a great tone setter right out of the gates for the Celtics. A really good sign, and it really was a sign of things to come because uh, – they were just locked in the way they played, especially on offense. They were clicking. It was good looks every single time. After those first few drives, that's when it kind of started to be the Porzingis show. Uh, they were finding him inside. He was pulling up in the mid-range. They really had no answers. Uh, he was killing their zone because that's usually the soft spot. So you just throw it up to Porzingis right there, and he's hitting that zone. Uh, he's hitting that shot like every time. So kind of was making them adjust there. They didn't really know what to do. They were doing that to try to keep Bam down low. But then you got Porzingis going outside, and then they're yeah. giving him a step. And then you got these tiny guys who are shorter than him outside on the zone trying to contest his three. <laughs> Those are basically wide open looks for him. So all the stuff we kind of talked about as a key and leading into the game with Porzingis was on full display in the start. Um, but honestly, it was kind of our defense letting us down. So it was like a very odd Celtics-Miami game. It usually feels like these are rock fights that end like 96 mm -hmm. to 85. Uh, this one was the opposite. Obviously, the Celtics scored, what, 43 points in the first quarter. It's just an absolutely yeah. absurd quarter. And the Heat were hanging around with uh, scoring of their own. They were making a ton of shots. All of their guys kind of going. They had more of an offensive lineup out there. Um, the big guys were keeping a minute. Bam made a ton of shots. Hero was making and taking some shots. Jimmy was kind of doing his usual thing, getting into yeah. the mid-range, hanging around. Um, so they were kind of keeping it within arm's reach. Second quarter, again, off to another good start. More Porzingis at this point. After kind of a slow start shooting when everything was to the hoop, then it opened up. It was like they adjusted to the driving, and then the kickouts were there left and right. We were seeing them try to double. They doubled Tatum. He uh, pick and popped it right over to Porzingis for a wide-open three. We threw it down low to Porzingis. They doubled him. He kicked it out to a wide-open Al corner three. Uh, Pritchard came in and hit a three. So we were really opening things up. Porzingis went to the bench, and uh, that's when, again, we've seen this before. The offense stagnated a little bit. I think Tatum was on the bench, too. We're just It wasn't like bad. We are just having a tougher time uh, getting easy looks. White missed a couple of good threes. The Heat, again, kept scoring, kept getting good looks. Our defense was having a hard time stopping them. They got it all the way down to seven. Uh, Thomas Bryant was in, giving them great minutes off the bench, which I... Not just expect a, to be up here saying that. Thing to like, yeah. yeah, but no, he was he was making some plays, uh, getting some offensive rebounds, crashing second chances. Got it down to seven points, um, and I thought Joe. Then Joe put all the starters back. It was like four and a half minutes left in the half. The Heat got it down to seven. Felt like we should have been up a lot more. I thought uh, really good timeout by Joe. As soon as they kind of scored like one trip, one basket with the starters in, he called a timeout, which I thought was great. And was kind of one of those things last year where it felt like the Heat would just go on these runs uh, and our offense would falter and we'd do nothing. So to see him call that immediate timeout, I thought that was great. Great sign for like a playoff game where it's all these adjustments back and forth for him to kind of adapt that quickly to seeing oh, something's wrong. I got I to gotta nip this in the bud right now. He did. And then I thought another small but absolutely huge momentum play. Uh, so we were up by only seven and they had the momentum – uh, we missed the shot. They got the rebound, so they had the ball down seven. Uh, chance to cut into it even more, keep their run going. And they went to outlet the ball, and Jalen Brown was just lurking there. I don't think the outlet ever saw oh, him. Yeah. Jalen pick-sixed it. He stole it in the backcourt, walked in for a dunk, put it back up to nine. You and honestly, fast. that was like the closest that he got all game after that. Um, guys turned it back on, finished the half strong. Porzingis made a three, and then Jalen just was like jab-stepping in the corner. They didn't adjust. He hit the three right in the guy's eye. So uh, capped off 
13 point lead at the half. We had what 74 points in the first half, like just an absolutely outrageous number. Uh, oh, yeah. Again, for there's been like games where it feels like we'd have a hard time making it to 73 against the Heat. So we were absolutely ripping them to shreds, which is just great to see. Again, I think if our defense played a little better and we kind of stopped the ball pressure and they missed some shots, we easily could have been up 25 points at the half. And that's how good our offense was playing. Uh, really firing on all cylinders, inside, outside. Seemed like just getting good shots left and right. Came out in the third quarter, and on top of that, then it was like, then the bonus stuff started. Tatum gets back-to-back sidestep threes. He's hitting the step back. Jalen came down, hit a pull-up three. So then it's like the avalanche is on. After all that other stuff is already working for us, now we're getting these two. Um, then, of course, you alluded to the Porzingis ankle roll. I think we were up by about 19. He landed on, I think it was on Bam's, Bam's uh, foot. foot. Pretty nasty-looking ankle roll. Porzingis uh, was stayed down. Uh, it was funny because we couldn't stop the clock. Tatum looked in backcourt, saw that we were four on five and nothing we could do about it. So he just <laughs> dribbled, hit another side step three, three to put us up yeah. by like 22, then yeah. jumped all the time out. Uh, Porzingis went to the locker room, did not return. The Heat made like a mini run after that. I think they got it down to 16, but then we kind of just kept went right back at it. I thought a few very purposeful possessions where we attacked their weaknesses. First, Drew t- went right down low on Hero. Then Tatum got Hero on him, took the switch. He took him to town. Then they started going to Duncan Robinson when he kept getting the switch on Tatum. So it's like, they're... The Heat are struggling because they're trying to find guys who can score to keep up with us, but most of their offensive players are not good defensive players, so we were going right at them. Thought we did a great job going after those matchups. Um, Stretched the lead back out to like 23. Uh, At the end of the third, I honestly thought they might just call off the dogs there, but they did not. The Heat left the starters in. Celtics came right out. Uh, I think Al hit a three. Then Pritchard hit three, both off ball movement. It's up to 29. Got another another layup. It was up to like 31-point lead, maybe 34 even after a Derek th- another Derek three. With like eight minutes left. And at that point, I was just like, okay, Joe, get Tatum out of there. Like, what are any of these starters still doing in there? It was a 34-point lead with like eight minutes left. And uh, sure enough, Joe heard my advice, called off the dogs, and that was it. Just coasted to the easy 33-point win. Um even the bench came in, picked it right off. Svee was knocking down threes. Lamar Stevens hit a three. Pritchard got more. So uh, it was just an absolute offensive onslaught. 143 points, the most Celtics have ever scored against the Heat in a game. Um, and again, I mean, a lot of that was non-competitive time at the end. And a lot of that was after Porzingis had already left with an injury. So could have been worse. I thought the defense was better in the second half. But I think there's still room to improve uh, defensively against this team. So... Felt like, you know, just one regular season game, but felt like a little bit of a statement. Felt like we had a little bit extra juice for this game. Felt like uh, the two days off of rest really, really shined through as we just looked super fresh, super crisp uh, on offense especially. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful regular season win. Yeah, this was, again, we said it earlier, it's like about as good as it can possibly get. Um, every time that you play the Heat, there's always a little bit of nerves. I know they're on night two of a back-to-back. Um, I know that they're missing uh, the little Cardinal Richelieu there. Uh, yeah, Hami Hakez. Hakez, yeah, he actually has been good. I know. He's a good First player, time I played so. him, I was making a lot of jokes, but he actually, it's, it's just a classic kind of Heat player. But the yeah. tell you about him, tell you about what the Celtics did. Um, it's a super fun game to watch um, for all the reasons that you said. A couple great stats um, about this game. This is the first time. Okay, so I saw this was a screen grab of like the TNT broadcast. I didn't see this live in the broadcast. But I'm assuming that this isn't a doctor. Well, actually, I looked. It is. I, I, I stat checked. Do you know what I'm about to say? Yeah. Is it the we one got the five guys hitting whatever okay, threes yeah, yeah. and two? Okay. <laughs> so the, it's the first time ever in the NBA that five players have had three or more threes and three or more twos in a game on a team. First time ever. That's Missoula ball. That's some good mm-hmm. shit right there. Um, 
kind of when I first read this that I was kind of like that seems a little bit like crazy as the first time ever but I guess it does kind of make sense I mean three threes is a lot um I yeah. feel like there's I not mean, I was it's gonna not say, the even modern NBA, the, you're not gonna have five players up until the last like five years you probably don't have five players oh, right. shooting that many but even just that half of the stat is pretty crazy even without the two part <laughs> right well, yeah, yeah that's a good point uh, so first time ever that's pretty awesome uh, obviously, it was like a craziest, a crazy night shooting. They shot sixty four percent from the field, fifty five percent from three. Absurd. Um, so again, <laughs> uh, you know, you mentioned that the defense had some issues. I think by the end they kind of, you know, obviously once upload, it's hard to tell fully. But holding the Heat to one hundred and ten points in hmm. where there's a lot of it is garbage time. Or I'm Whoa. sorry, uh, <laughs> we're edit that out. We're gonna boot that out. <laughs> uh, when a lot of it is kind of the the bench time, non competitive time, non competitive. Nah, I don't know if they call it that. Yeah. They're still competing. Yeah, that's I don't know. True. Pritchard's got us in a pretzel. He's gonna have to let us know what we're supposed to call it. Because <laughs> right, well, I'm, I'm with him. I'm that. all for cutting that no, word I, out of my vocabulary. I agree with but, the sentiment. Um, the back bench time, maybe that. We'll mm. go with that for now. Um, okay. So non starter minutes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, non starter minutes. It's still pretty. It's still impressive though. 36 assists on 51 makes. Um, like you said, obviously, yeah. uh, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about the execution about Porzingis doing it. But I did think that once he went out, it was good to see um, Tatum did kind of step it up. You mentioned he had a couple big shots. Um, afterwards, I do the the three that he took when Porzingis was down was so funny. It was just kind of like, oh fuck, I gotta do something. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So he, he shot that was awesome. I thought that Cornette had a great game. We'll talk about. Uh, you know, I'll mention him a little bit later. But he had a little stretch there where it yeah. like he scored like six points in a row for us. So I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, just like a really great game. I got a take on Butler that we can save till later on. But I think the first thing we can kind of get into is we talked about uh, the Celtics kind of sometimes losing. Uh, the plot, lo- losing hold of the rope, whatever you want to call it, um, and not really executing the way they need to execute. And that's where teams have really been able to exploit us. Um, you know, you and I were talking a little bit before we went live. Uh, the execution and, like, the focus of the team was just, like, superb tonight. It was it was just an absolute master class. And, again, the Heat are on night two of a back-to-back. But I don't think that, uh, you know, it, just the way we were executing, I think, even if they were playing with a little bit more energy, it just – the ball was just moving so smoothly. I mentioned the 36 assists on 51 makes. so. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about the execution, mm-hmm. about the uh, about the execution. What did you see there? Yeah, I think not only has the execution been a little inconsistent in recent games, but historically against the Heat, especially, we've gone through major lapses where it seems like we just completely forget how to play, completely lose the plot. That really wasn't the case at all tonight. It seemed like just very purposeful. Um, I saw multiple guys use the word in, intentional, how intentional they were being with the ball on every trip. Uh, so you could tell that was a, a focus, a point of emphasis. It seemed like. Um, you know, a lot of, like, playoff-type habits in the way they played this game. They played it, I think, a lot like a playoff game. Obviously, they had the two days of rest before this game, which seems like they haven't had any rest at all lately. So that showed, um, obviously, a clean injury report coming into a game against a very familiar opponent, one that, obviously, they want to beat badly, make a little bit of a statement for, you know, as much as they might say it's just another game. You know, obviously, at this point, this one has to mean a little bit more. And again, you could just kind of see it with, the focus that was there from the get-go and the execution. There was no kind of feeling their way into this game or anything like that. Like I said, it was right out the gate. Um, you sw- you see matchups, you go at them. And again, the Rozier edition is very nice, but like I mentioned earlier, a lot of their Parking offensive goal. players are not defensive <laughs> players as well. So their backcourt now starting is Rozier and Hero. Um, so anytime, you know, either of those guys, like those are guys that are guards and, and the Jays can bully in the post, uh, but they're just too big for them and too strong for them. 
Hayward Highsmith was starting in this game. Again, that was probably a lot of minutes that Jaime Jaquez would get. But uh, Highsmith, who's, you know, supposed to be one of their better defenders, he was getting stuck on Porzingis and had no chance. And he was getting stuck on Tatum and he had no chance. Um, I kind of felt bad <laughs> poor, for him because, again, he's like a good defender, but he's just completely overmatched by either of those guys. And, again, I think the Porzingis part of the equation just totally shifts the match. You could uh, – the math on this one where you could kind of tell, like – they just look small. We just had a huge size advantage against them, and we exploited it from the opening tip. And again, that was one of the things where the Heat would kind of throw weird stuff at us, and we wouldn't know how to react. And now it's like, okay, you're going to try this. Porzingis is just going to go right down to the block, and you're going to give him the ball, and he's going to score. And if he gets in low, he's going to go up and score. Bam. Obviously one of the best defenders in the league, but he's small for Porzingis, and he has to work his ass off to stay with him everywhere he goes. So again, you want to focus that hard on taking Porzingis out of it? Porzingis can pick and pop. He can go outside, and the lanes are going to be open for the Jays all game long because they don't have enough guys who can stop them. Like, no matter what, we always had a mismatch, and I thought we were attacking it so much better than we usually do in regular season games where it seems like, you know, the matchup is there, and we'll be like, okay, cool, but we won't always go at it hard enough. Tonight, it was like, it was Hero, it was Robinson, it was whoever. We're going at you. We're going to basically make you change something, and, like, we're going to keep doing this until you figure out how to stop it or make us do something else, um, and they really weren't. And, again, it was just, like, you don't see many regular season games where it seems like they're so purposeful on every single possession, but even in the first half, like, when we weren't scoring, it still seemed like we were getting the shots we wanted every single possession. Like, there was – I could probably count on one hand the amount of possessions in the entire, like – first three quarters of the game where I was like, oh, that was a dumb shot, or why are we doing that? Or, you know, like, nobody was forcing anything. There was maybe a heat check or two in the second half when they were, like, warranted heat checks, I felt like, because guys yeah. were dropping them. But for the most part, it was, like, every single possession, super crisp, uh, knew exactly what we wanted to do, and we were doing it. And that's just so good to see, because, again, I mean, so much of this, especially in grind-out games, not that this one was, but a team where we're usually grinding it out, mm-hmm. so much comes down to focus, and just the more you can execute and making the right play over and over again. And sometimes it might get boring. It might get easy to improvise. You want to do something else. Someone's like, oh, I haven't had a chance to cook in a while. But to keep <laughs> going back to what you know is giving you the best odds over and over again is what's going to work. And like I said, no matter what the Heat want to do, no matter all this weird shit they try, we are always going to have mismatches against that team somewhere on the court with the personnel we have. And we were going using that and exploiting that almost every single time. And uh, that, to me, is like one of the most exciting things that we saw. Yeah, uh, I did think, again, the point that I'm most happy about is obviously it's it's good. They got two days rest. They came out. They didn't come out flat, which is kind of an issue we've seen in the past. But where I'm kind of the most happy, I mean, obviously, I shouldn't say the most happy. The execution (laughs) all leading up to Porzingis leaving was obviously, like, very, very worth being excited and happy for. But mine is, like, when he went down and they kind of made that little mini run there, the fact Mm. that they sort of kind of kept – kept the whole of things and sort of were like, okay, well, like we still have mismatches all over for against yeah. this team. It doesn't, the Porzingis thing was like a cheat code there to start the game. And that was, and I love the way they exploited it, but it was sort of like, okay, well, they still right. do have like Rozier and um, friggin' uh, hero hero out there just like on the, on the floor at the same time. So we can, there's still plenty of matchups to exploit. Right. Um, so it was great to see that. But I think again, where, you know, where the next thing kind of comes in, I think KP kind of creates so many more. You said there's always mismatches. He he creates like a whole new level of mismatches with this team. You mentioned in the last podcast yeah. that it's kind of like we pretty much got him to sort of be this like heat, like for like the matchup against the heat. Mm-hmm. Um, so Porzingis was just like absolutely on fire tonight. Um, he was hitting from three. He was hitting from out um, from in the paint. 
Uh, finished with 19 points, one point shy of 20, which would have been the Chuddy Bar Parlay. <laughs> so it's absolutely brutal, uh, the timing of his ankle injury. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it, it looked like it was a, it was a point where it pretty much was just like you're putting it in Porzingis' hand, he was either scoring or he was finding a wide-open look for someone else to get. Um, so where does he – like how does this all sort of tie in for what the t- what we're looking to do against the Heat? Like how is how is his size and his skill just such a, like, nightmare problem for the Heat? <laughs> Well, I mean, all of those ways, like, it's just, again, they play with basically Bam, and then Highsmith was kind of their second big tonight. So, in general, it just creates a massive size mismatch. And then you saw, as soon as uh, we made our first sub, it was to get Horford into the game. So, not only do we have Porzingis, then we're going two bigs out there. So, where last year, you know, even if we went with two bigs, they're not the biggest threats. Like they'll kind of dare us to play offense through Rob mm-hmm. Williams. And it's like once in a while we can get him a lob or set him up for something, but neither Rob or Al nor Al is a guy who you can just like throw the ball to when there's right. a mismatch and trust that they're going to score. Porzingis, if they got anyone but Bam on him, and I mean, even Bam, he can shoot over, but they put anyone else other than Adebayo on Porzingis. And that's like auto Highsmith is switching on to him. Any of those other guys is switching on to him <laughs> and he can just shoot right over him. He doesn't need to make a move. Like a couple times they were, so trying hard to sell out to stop the shot. He did a little easy pump fake, one dribble, pull up, little elbow jumper. Like, that's just easy pickings for him nonstop. And then again, you bring him outside, you set a pick for either one of the Jays. If they go in double, he can pop right out, wide open three. Um, if they sag back or if they cling to Porzingis, the Jays are just going to be able to drive right into the lane. Their shot blocker's not down there. Um, so it just tilts the entire floor. And then, I mean, again, one of the biggest things we've seen the Heat do against us, especially in the playoffs the last few years, is play that zone. And we've had some good answers. We've played some good offense. But it's a tough defense to solve, no doubt about it. Now, Porzingis is just a total zone buster, like <laughs> yeah, I already mentioned. It you is. saw a few times they went to that zone, and right away, he would just cut right into the middle, throw it to the free throw line, and it's just like a wide-open free throw jumper. Like they were, yeah, there was like no one even like near him on some of those. It was crazy. I, I yeah, was like, that's, at first I was like almost like confused, and then I'm like, oh, well, they're in the zone. But yeah, it, it's like some of them, I'm like, what? Porzingis is just standing there. There's no <laughs> one within like two feet of him. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I get like, I know that they said they've had success with the zone, but it's like, even in Arizona, don't you just see that? That Porzingis is just standing <laughs> in his most like dangerous spot of the court, right. um, just completely unguarded yeah. by anyone. It was, it was. Well, and like, yeah. And then I mean, again, once they the Heat, of course, adjusted, Bolster adjusted to that. So then they were taking away that little mid range like easy shot for Porzingis mm-hmm. in the zone and crashing on him. And then he's just holding the ball up high. He can see over all those guys. He's just picking people <laughs> apart. He hit Al yeah. in the corner. He hit Derek White at the elbow. Uh, from I wide love open him threes. too for the for like the kickouts because it's like guys are kind of going to the defense collapse and it's like they don't really have like a clear pass. So their only choice is just throw it up like wicked high toward the three point line. <laughs> you just know that like Porzingis can like is yeah. going to be able to be there and get to it. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's really you, you brought up a good point too with like. Um, so like obviously this all season some like heartbreaking like trades some fan favorites obviously with like Rob going but it is like when you're looking at what we have now it's almost just like it is crazy that at time like so many times last year it's like as much as I love Rob like you can't really offensively there's not really like a whole lot outside of just like right there in the paint that you can like do with them it does kind of create this like total like sort of jam there down in the paint like we talk about wanting mm-hmm. the guys to be aggressive so like Porzingis being here, and I know that he wasn't the Rob trade. Rob Rob came later, but um, I mean, it's but obviously it was made like with him in mind, and, and it and it, pretty, it it put kind of Rob in this spot where he could be shipped out. Uh, right. Obviously, love Rob. Uh, wish him the best. Hope more speedy recovery and all that. But it is just like it's one of those things where it's like you know, 
thought we had it really good last year. And it's like, it's <laughs> almost like a flaw that like, I didn't even like, I'm sure that like basketball minds could see it more, but me just watching, it's just like, I don't even, but now I see it. It's like, Oh my God, I can't believe we just always had kind of this anchor down there sort of in, in the pain area that was just, mm-hmm. just changing now with so well, much of the stuff Porzingis can do. Most Again, teams I, do. I don't I mean, like I'm shitting on Rob. A, and Porzingis is a special player. It's not like there are that many I know, guys that, that are that tall and can shoot like that. But well, like, that's, well, that's what I'm saying. Like bringing right, him in, it's just it's like, more, I'm yeah. seeing like, it's more it's of like a I'm seeing like a level of the offense that like I, my like little peanut brain couldn't even like fathom last year. Like I was like, this is like last year. I'm like, this is like about as good as it can get. And it's like, they bring in Porzingis. It's like, holy shit. I mean, you just think of what we were just talking about with Porzingis in the zone, where it seems so obvious that you're like, how did they not, how did the Heat not realize this? But I mean, think of exactly like you said last year, if that was, you know, Rob in that spot, he cuts to that spot, the Heat are probably like, great. If yeah. Rob Williams wants to shoot open 14 footers all game, yeah. that's great. Like, well, and again, I don't even if he makes every other one. Up on him, but no, no, no. Like I said, it's, like, it's not really it's a knock like on Rob, it's just how amazing he type thing about why what they the offense can called be. Porzingis the unicorn. Yeah. Um, originally, because like not many guys can do that who are that big. So that's why he's such a game changer. And then again, when he goes outside on the zone and we let the other guys attack, they collapse more. And then you're kicking it out to Porzingis, who not only is he a good shooter, but then you've got these little guys who are a foot shorter than him trying to contest him, and they're already running to close out. So, like, those are basically wide-open shots for him, too. So, like I said, if the team's patient, executes, and focuses on where we have advantages, like, those advantages are just so easy to create. And it's like, we can almost just, like, only beat ourselves with, like, dumb plays, turnovers, and taking the wrong shots. Because if we work the ball around, move, and stick to what we're supposed to run, like, those good looks are going to be there every single possession no matter yeah. what kind of defense they play yeah it was, it was definitely uh a good good to see him sort of back out on the bench smiling i think he said afterwards mm-hmm. that it's nothing serious it just he did um the way he was walking off was so scary but i did yeah right before they cut the commercial i thought like i could see him sort of like pick up a jog like because at first he was being like carried yeah. i was like holy shit yeah he either just shit his just... pants or he's done for the season it's like one or the <laughs> no, other it was a nasty roll those suck but he got off yeah. he walked it off and he, like i said he's already back on the bench looked fine he was laughing yucking it up at the end of the game and yeah they interviewed him afterwards he said you know it's an ankle sprain it hurts but nothing serious i'll be fine yeah. he even said that if it was a close <sighs> game he maybe could have come back in so take oh that wow out. obviously with a grain of salt but i think all things considered uh in that moment pretty pretty good positive injury news coming out of that doesn't sound like it'll be anything too serious uh again i think last time he said that he ended up missing like a week and a half two weeks so um at this point <laughs> yeah, honestly if that's what okay takes, like, i'd off. rather yeah i'd rather err on the side of caution um if he sits out you know if he only yeah. needs a week and off i keep and being told our schedule's off, about like... to lighten up so we'll see yeah. i keep being told that but <laughs> um yeah, yeah no porzingis definitely kind of like again the story of the game it sucks how much of the game he ended up missing but still even mm-hmm. with all that he had 19 points one short, need one shorty bar. Um, but yeah, it, it, yeah, didn't he? Did definitely didn't end up needing it. The way they adjusted was awesome. It was perfect the right. way they kind of played out. Um, and I mean, again, one, one more thing about the execution: would we score at least uh, thirty in every quarter? We won every quarter except for the second quarter by at least ten points. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had what a forty. 42, a 35, a 36, and then a 30 in the fourth when we took our foot off the gas a little. But again, yeah. against what's routinely one of the best defenses in the league when locked in, uh, we just we ripped them to shreds. We got whatever we wanted, and they just there was nothing they could do to stop it. Yeah. Um, touching, too, on that point about kind of the scoring, uh, this is the eighth time. This is from Sean Grandy. This is the eighth time in the last 30 years that the Celtics have scored more than 140 points in a game. Five of those last eight have all come this year. So it's like, again, we talk about just the way the offense is just clicking and humming. 
That's just like a crazy stat five yeah. times over 140 points. And again, this is a team, sure, they're on a back-to-back. They're missing at least one sort of like key rotational, obviously, a real starting player. Um, but still, to to kind of be able to go on and put, put a beat down on them like that, especially with our little secret weapon out for a good portion of the game, it was mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Um, yeah. so I think just starting the extra notes part, I think that uh, Luke Cornett, obviously, just like a great game for, for him again. Again, not like jumping out. He had 12 points, which like for him, I guess is kind of eye-popping. But um, <laughs> just the kind of progress he's made. Like last year, he was pretty much like an afterthought. If he was out there, we just got smoked or someone – or we just smoked someone. Um, and coming into the season, he was like the biggest question mark. So it's good to see him – or not him. I don't mean he was the biggest question mark, but like that that third big that was like a big – It was a, yeah, it was a big question mark. Mm-hmm. Um and he's just kind of relished in it. I know that there was a minute there when Kata was kind of nipping at his tails, and I don't know if that motivated him or maybe this is just always <laughs> there for him. But he's just been playing lights out, and he's hustling. He's, like, running the floor. He's getting, like, some pretty big rebounds now. He's he's coming down with rebounds a lot better. I feel like before yeah. he was very, like, loose with the ball, coming down and rebound. But um, I don't know. I just think Cornette just kind of deserves to be opening up the additional nose section with Cornette. I think the, that he played a really good game tonight. Definitely. I think the whole – the whole bench was great. Honestly, it's hard to really find a lot of flaws with almost anyone who played tonight for the Celtics. Yeah. But um, yeah, Cornette especially, and I think it ties into what I was saying before about how kind of like with the implementation of Porzingis, we've o- unlocked a whole new mismatch in this matchup, which is the size, where they don't have anyone to match up with Porzingis. And again, we were playing a lot of double big. It was Al who came in, and then Luke came in. And a lot of the times when Luke was playing, he was with another big out there too. So it just lends itself right in. And he's obviously not as skilled as Al or Porzingis, but Luke's still huge, bigger than most guys out there. And he's, you know, he's not just some like big clumsy oaf. He's got some solid footwork. He no, can make yeah. some plays. And maybe as important as anything Looks like, like one, but well, right, yeah, <laughs> but, think he but he's not like gangly. Like he is kind of strong. He's like a little bit athletic. He's, he's got base. decent ball skills. Yeah. You know, it's not like Sean Bradley situation out there, but also like one of his best Shout attributes, I think, is he just knows like exactly what he can and can't do. And he yeah. never tries to play at yeah. all outside of his comfort zone. Like I get, I mean, tonight he's four for four from the field. Four for four at the free throw line, twelve points, five rebounds. Like you're never gonna see. That's just like a Luke lunch make a pail. play where yeah. you're like, Luke, like, what are you thinking? Like he's yeah. gonna shoot from when he gets it near the hoop. He's gonna hold the ball up super high and he's gonna lay it in or he's gonna dunk it. And that's yeah, pretty much it. He's gonna get that's a rebound. He's gonna chin awesome. it and he's gonna pass it to a guard immediately. Like he yeah. just plays the right way. And again, this matchup, like I said, they're completely undersized already. So when their biggest guy is Bam and then their other guys are basically wings and we have like Porzingis and Cornette out there, I mean, those are both giant mismatches and they can only put Bam on one of those guys. So, you know, that could be a guy who's a better defender on Cornette, but he's still going to have half a foot on him. Like he's going to be able yeah. to attack the offensive blast. Like, again, just knowing what to do against this team. <laughs> and he can be a huge part of that with the size that he provides. So, And some of the... Uh... Uh, when the Cornette, the Luke and um, I'm sorry, the Luke and Horford lineups, like they had some crazy like uh, big man, yeah, like, plastic big, to big, big man, passing, big man passing. It was like incredible stuff. Like, Al on the block, like, old was, school yeah. shit. All right, and again, they can just find the mismatches because they don't have enough bigs out there to guard all the big guys that we have out there. So yeah, uh, yeah, he just the, him playing that well just creates that many more mismatches and advantageous opportunities for the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, Drew Holiday, three for four from three tonight. His, I feel like his three-point shot is really kind of coming alive right now. He's definitely on a mm-hmm. bit of a hot streak. I think that, you know, he's not like a lights-out three-point shooter, but I think he's getting a chance to shoot more now, and I think it's starting to starting to make him now. It might be just kind of like a streak, but I think it's worth noting yeah. that those shots are starting to fall for him. Well, they're usually uh, high That was part of the shots shutty bar. He hit three I needed to. Well, they're usually in rhythm, and they're usually open. So, I mean, again, it's like 
Luke, uh, Drew's shot diet this year, although it's, you know, he's probably less involved in offense and getting fewer shots than he has maybe ever before. But mm-hmm. the looks he has getting been getting are probably the best looks and the easiest looks he's ever gotten in his career too. So I think it kind of makes sense that maybe like some of his scoring numbers might be down, but I think we should hopefully see a, a bump in efficiency and some of those sh- yeah. shooting percentages because of the quality of the looks that are being generated for him and the lack of defensive attention being focused on him. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else? I mean, there's a few just like kind of like really minor things, but I don't know if you have any kind of bigger topics that you wanted to mention or anything about just kind of some notes on the game. I mean, yeah. I mean, nothing haven't crazy. About Derek just, White. Yeah, let's get Derek White. say D.Y. 15, 6 and 6, 6 of 12. Just a really good game. Really good defense. Two, two more blocks. Just typical Derek White stuff. Pritchard, 11, 3 and 3 off the bench. Uh, 4 of 7. I thought Pritchard was and continues to be great. He was really good on both ends in this matchup. Made a few nice defensive plays too. I love um, how much he like gets into two when he's kind of in that non starter end of game like routine. Like it's almost like he's like I'm like now the best player out here. I'm going to run everything yeah, through you over. through me. I love how much he kind of. I think a lot of guys in his situation might kind of look at that as like oh like why, but he he absolutely <laughs> relishes in those moments. I love it. Yeah. No. Hundred uh, percent. And yeah, just Hauser good too. Again, all all of those guys who play like. You know, re- regular rotation minutes, everyone who played was good. I was happy with the way every single person played. It seemed like they all had it really ramped up tonight. And then, again, even the end-of-bench guys you saw come in and just keep it rolling. Spee had hit some shots. Stevens had a shot. Uh, they're all out there playing. So, really just love to see it all around. And, again, I think it just speaks to, um, you know, the the di- the difference now, the gap maybe in this team where, again, I think it's just one game. We know the Heat are a different beast in the postseason. But you just look at the teams and – they just don't look like they can match up with the Celtics across the board. Like we just have better personnel. We're bigger, we're faster, we're stronger. Um, and we have better players again. I mean, we like the Rozier move for them, but we mentioned like the thing that's made the heat good for so long is their defense. They made this move obviously to try to bolster their offense. And um, mm-hmm. now they're like almost stuck in between. Cause like they have some good offensive players, but I don't think it's still like, they don't have the firepower to keep up with us in a shootout, which was another good thing how we dictated the pace and kind of made this a shootout. Like, again, yeah. our defense could have been better. They were staying in it. They were hitting some shots, but they're not going to beat us in a track meet like that where we score 140 points. Like, they don't have the shooting and the scoring, I don't think, to score, even when they're playing, like, at their best. And they did play pretty well and shot pretty well, and they scored 110 points. So that's, like, they can't play that way. And then if they lean all the way into defense, first of all, like, we still are going to have huge size advantages, even with their best five out there. Um, so, you know, they can definitely play better defense and stop us more, but then they're just taking so much offensive firepower off the court. So, again, like, I don't want to overreact too much to one game, but it really does seem like we just almost have advantages up and down the court. We have more versatility, more flexibility, more ways we can play, and, again, just more ways we can create mismatches, where for them it's like we have so many guys now we can throw at their best players to dominate them. Like Bam was playing well, but he has to work his ass off to score over Porzingis. Uh, either one of the Jays, you know, can do really well against Butler. You saw Jalen giving him terrible tonight. And then, I mean, those guards, Hero and Rozier, like, sure, they're good players. They're going to hit some shots. But I don't, if the Heat are playing through Rozier and Hero on offense, like, that just doesn't scare you in a playoff setting. Like, they're not, that's not a good yeah. playoff team if their offense is running through those two guys. And we, I'll take my, I'll live with Derek White and Drew Holiday guarding them all day. So, again, you look up and down the team, and it's kind of just like, man, have we, like, figured some things out here and really kind of widened the talent gap to a point where even with all their heat, double magic, and Spo, you know, whipping up potions in his cauldron, like, I'm just not sure what they can do to overcome it if we're playing well and focusing and executing. Yeah. Um, I pretty much, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously agree. I think my, my only real kind of takeaway, too, from this game is just uh, I want to talk a little bit about Jimmy Butler. 
So mm-hmm. you and I sort of disagree on like the image that like nationally for Jimmy Butler. I feel like there's a lot of people that just think that he's just like this like dog and he'll just like in the play, like Jimmy the Alpha, all this kind of stuff like that. Um, again, we don't need to debate whether or not more, more or less people think that, but I do think that the way he played tonight, and again, I know it's like, you know, midway through the season, it's not like a playoff game, so you can't really take, but it's like he's completely passive doing absolutely nothing in the whole first half. Team gets down 20. Third quarter, he starts to kind of turn it on and make some shots. Team goes down 30. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like, to me, it's just sort of like, uh, I don't know. I think that that persona, whether or not it's as, you know, uh, pervasive throughout the world as or throughout the country as I think, this whole, like, Jimmy, I don't know. I thought that it was a fucking cowardly game by him tonight. I thought that he was he looked pretty disinterested. Night two of a back-to-back, I think he played, like, 39 minutes last night. So you mm-hmm. can maybe chalk it up to that, but... It was just I just thought it was funny how he just was passing so much in the first half, just didn't really want to get that involved. And then I feel like in the second, third quarter when he did try to get involved, the lead jumped another an extra ten. So fuck that guy. Well, so I, I mean, do like Jimmy. If to the way to the Heat, I really like Jimmy. <laughs> now I have to. I hate mean, him. the thing is, like this, this is just who Jimmy Butler is. He yeah. doesn't tr- care about the regular season like at all. He never has, yeah. and he never will. He sits out a ton of games, um, and it seems like you know once every once in a while he'll kind of show up have a big game, hit a big clutch shot, go toe-to-toe with another star down the stretch, just to, like, remind people that's who he is. But he's never consistently shown up, like, <laughs> during a regular season. It's just not something that happens. Like, this is basically what he does. He goes through the regular season, picks some spots, makes some plays, whatever. Usually doesn't have to at least make, like, a third-team All-NBA or something. I don't think he'll reach the games played this year uh, with the new rules. But it's... So he is. He's a 16-game player, not an 82-game player. So, like, this is completely on brand. Um, it would I have been surprised if this was one of the games that he took personally and showed up and busted his ass? No. But am I surprised that he just kind of, like, lollygagged through it? No. Also, no. Yeah. Like, this is just who he is. This is what he does. Um, you know, and it's funny that, like, old-school basketball fans will be like, yeah, like, this is the way it was in the old school. Where it's like, mm, it's not. Like, you would actually should hate this guy for sitting out and like, <laughs> basically just disrespecting the game and not even yeah. seeming like he cares to play until the playoffs start. It's like, yeah. You well, think I think more people obviously watch the playoffs. There's, play, there's a little bit of that, like, persona. Sure, so, I mean, then that's a different conversation if you want to talk about who he is as a playoff player. But in terms of regular season player, which is what, I mean, what we're talking about, I guess it was a regular season game. Like, yeah, yeah. he's not – I don't think anyone – in the world, in any national media, whatever, even like put Jimmy Butler in the same conversation as of a regular season player as guys like Tatum and even like Brown, who should consistently show up every night, dominate. Like that's yeah, <laughs> he's a fringe All Star this year at best. I think. I mean, I think he'll probably make it, but like he's missed enough games and the team's not that great that if he didn't make it, I don't think it would be some crazy snub. Yeah, yeah. I just, just I don't know. Again, again, I just I guess just live with like a little bit of the heat, uh, fear of like that. Devil Magic, we always talk about the Heat. So, you know, anytime, you know, you're sure. trying to start the game, like, all right, what's he going to do? And then the guy, he just laid a fucking egg. But, again, yeah. you're right. It's, it is kind of his MO, regular season game. Don't yeah. get too high on it. It's fun to chirp him. If they, he did have a sure. great game, we would be getting chirped. So, I'm going to just sure. chirp either way. Um, yeah, I'm sure. going to absolutely play into whatever trolling is taking place in my brain. I'm not even going to try to stop it. Love it. If anyone wants to baby on Jimmy Butler, bring it. Um, yeah, do so you that's a good uh, lead-in kind of to my – so I had a question, like, watching this game that was kind of coming up to me nonstop as a Celtics fan, so I want to get your take on it. Being in the spot we're in and, like, the history we have with the Heat, do you at this point want to go into the playoffs and are you, like, bring on the Heat? I want to beat them. I want to get over that hump. I want to just dominate them, and then I'll feel, like, amazing, like, okay, yeah. now we're here. 
Or in the back of your mind, you're like, kind of like, well, I wouldn't mind just like avoiding them and playing like the magic, <laughs> the Pacers, and letting someone else deal with them. Yeah. Um. I mean, after tonight, yeah. I mean, it's kind <laughs> of like, okay, well, this, but um, I don't know. That's a good question because we just discussed <laughs> how much of kind of this like voodoo kind of devil magic the thing they have. Um. I do. I do love the idea of kind of exercising our demons. I don't know. I guess. This might be like, sort of a careful what you wish for. Well, exactly. It's like I yeah. don't want to be that guy who says like bring them on, and then then like in the playoffs, this clip from the podcast is just mm-hmm. like all over everywhere, and like everyone's <laughs> like, "Who's this fucking idiot?" But I do. Yep. I mean, I think with the addition of Porzingis, I think that it wouldn't be like the last few years. I think we almost yep. matched up like like favorably for them with like what we kind of had before with uh, Marcus and with Rob. Again, two players I love, two players I was like very sad to lose. But after what I'm seeing now, it's just kind of like, okay, like I said, I said it earlier, I'll be the first one. My little peanut brain couldn't comprehend, like, what was going to happen next. I also was a little concerned with Porzingis' injuries. That's a different thing. We're going to knock on board. We're not going to even talk about that. Um, but to answer your question, I kind of went on a side tangent there. To answer your question, I would like to play, after round one, I will say bring them on. I wouldn't really mind if someone else had to play them round yeah. one. Because, yeah. like, I kind of, because then it's like, then we can sort of see what 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 kind of heat we're actually sort of dealing with here, um, you know. So I'll let someone else if they if they you know if they finish like the seventh and play the Bucks and I mean that would be fucking hysterical if they bounce the Bucks again back to back years. But then it's mm-hmm. like kind of like okay, you know, it's the Heat, so we're gonna That's have to get over them anyway. So right. like let's go. But I mean, yeah, there's always they'll they'll always kind of have that sort of like piece in the back. I mean, we've played them in the Eastern Conference Finals three years in a row. They've won two, we've won one. So it's like mm-hmm. you know. I'm not like jumping at the bit to play them, but I'm not. If we match up with them, like so be it. I don't know if I'll feel as nervous right. as before, but then who knows? After game one, I might be like motherfuck, you know, if we end up like losing. But the way yeah. we've been playing, the way we match up, the way we're playing, especially at home this year too, I feel like we weren't really oddly enough like weren't very good like home team last year. It was kind of right. strange. Um, so yeah, I would, I would, be, I would welcome them after the first round. I don't want to play them in the first round. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to like find out in the first round that they're there. <laughs> I'd rather That's like fair. no, okay. They are they've turned it on. So they are waiting on the Here they come, bracket, let's yeah. go. But I wouldn't want to like go into the first round being like and then it's like, oh shit, they force us like seven <laughs> or whatever like that. So um not running scared of them, but not about to just give someone a clip of me saying like bring the heat on. But tonight we, tonight is about the hundred and forty three one ten win. We we won. <laughs> after tonight, you could probably find some people that would say bring the heat on. But I don't think what we saw tonight is what, what we would see in the playoffs. So give me them in the second round or beyond. Then I'll say bring them on. First round, I want to get the litmus test. Um, what about you? What's your... Yeah. Well, that's fair. No, I mean, I, I feel like similarly, like it's, you definitely don't want to like poke the bear type of situation here where it's yeah. like, you know, if that's who we play, so be it. And I mean, again, the East has gotten so much stronger where you look at it and even like the bottom four teams is probably right. going to be like... The Knicks, the Heat, the Pacers, the Magic. Yeah, like, like I'd be probably more worried about the Knicks. Like, the Knicks, yeah, especially the Cavs, now with OG, whoever, they've been playing like, really well. Right. So I don't think there's going to be any – it's not like back in the day where you're playing like a Bulls or a Nets team with like a losing record. Like mm-hmm. all eight teams seem like they're going to be pretty strong. And, I mean, at this point, at least based on the regular season, like the Heat might be the least strong out of them. So I think, for mm-hmm. one, there's no gimmies. Um, but – I always like at the end of the day, I'm like, give me the easiest path. I don't care. Just like whatever is the easiest game <laughs> well, to win. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. we play the Magic and then the Knicks right. and then like the Hawks, 
great. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be like, I don't give a shit if people will be like, oh, like, what an easy path. Like, oh, that no, would be great. fuck that. We've already done enough of those. Three shitty teams who upset the other teams before us. So, um, right. like, well, I'm not scared of the Heat, but, uh, yeah, if we could avoid them, I would be totally okay with that because yeah. even if we beat them, it's just not enjoyable. Like, they're never enjoyable games. There's never games like we saw tonight where it's just stress-free, like, shit-moving. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a fucking stupid... 95 93 game that comes down to something stupid and you know is yeah you can just see bad things happening and <laughs> yeah. i don't even want to like tempt that fate yeah i mean i guess deep other down, team I'd that rather... doesn't have any playoff metal and i'll take my chances there yeah uh, well yeah i guess deep down yeah i'd rather just not play them i just didn't want i mean didn't want to uh, sound like a pussy or anything but yeah. that's fair if and i, I mean again shoot, if you look back at like you don't run, the heat to get the finals you sign up for that but i'm saying if we do play yeah. them i'd like to see I need to get through the first round to see right. what, what kind of heat we're doing. Yeah, I'd rather they show up and someone else talks about them and then we can be like, ha, oh, like you couldn't even get to us. You're pathetic. Right, yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> That's lost, even better. Uh, like the, but, yeah, uh, I'd rather, yeah, yeah, but then again, you look at our finals run a few years ago and I feel like it was kind of a similar thing going into the end where we were like, fuck it, bring on the Nets. Like we're not, we're not intimidated by them and we swept them and I feel like that kind of like gave us the momentum to like roll yeah. in the playoffs. So. I think there's Close. there's arguments to be made for both, but uh, at the end of the day, yeah, give me the, the easiest matchups. Yeah, me. I mean, I would definitely take the easiest. We've already done enough of those play. Like, just I just yeah. I don't there's, know. There's nothing left to prove, and like in that of like, well, we gotta earn it. Like, no, fuck that. Just give me the easiest. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you there. Um, I did want to mention just one other uh, thing before we move on to around the NBA because we're definitely going way over on the time anyway. Um. I love the Joe Missoula quote today when they asked him sort of like about teams like playing them hard. I, I don't remember, I didn't see what the exact question was, but his answer was basically like, we haven't won a title in like mm. 2008. Like, I don't know why, like teams might feel like they're coming for us, but like for us, it's just yeah. like, we haven't done anything. So like, we're, so, the, we're chasing everyone else. Yeah, we're, we're chasing. No, I so love that. Obviously that's an answer he's giving to his players, not to anyone else. That's not an answer. He's like, he gave it to the media, but that is intended for his players to hear because I think it's, we're at the point of the season now where there's definitely a lot of press clippings and things like that, but it's a great point because even like we as fans sort of feel like, you know, it's almost like, yep, like here we go. Like it's like it's time. Like let's just wake up. Let's just get to the finals. And I think that last year that's sort of something that we sort of struggled with. I think that's why we got down 3-0 to the heat too in, in yeah. part because I think that, you know, you saw the commercials all year where it's like, you know, got to the finals last year, want to get there and finish it up. It's like, well, first motherfuckers, you got to get to those finals. You know, and like, yeah. like you just said, the playoffs are not going to be easy no matter who we're playing in either in any of the rounds. Every mm-hmm. All eight teams that are going to be in the playoffs of the East are going to probably be some pretty tough challenges and present some matchup problems. So um, I did. I just love that quote. I think that, that again, it's just Agreed. kind of a list of the things we talked about with Missoula sort of saying the right things where it's like learning from everything. Uh, even a win, you know, we made mistakes. Even a loss, we learned a few good things to take away. We're better today than we were yesterday. We're going to be better tomorrow than we were today. Um, I just love his whole mantra, and that quote was just awesome. I'll find the quote and tweet it from the Chuddy account if it hasn't already been tweeted by us. Um, but, yeah, not a whole Definitely. lot to break down extra on that, but I just loved that quote. I think it's worthy of shouting out. Yeah, no, that's that's the mindset you want, 100%. Um, all right, uh, I guess we can just kick it over now to um, around the NBA. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of kind of ironic. The day we have like a two day break is like the craziest forty eight hours <laughs> in like the NBA. Well, I shouldn't say craziest, Seriously. but the craziest theory this season in the NBA. Um, so why don't you go ahead and uh, break down? I guess everyone buckle up. It's crazy. Yeah. And then well, also stay tuned after around the NBA. We have a major show announcement. I forgot to mm, tease that earlier. Right. So if you, when you still right. with us, stay till the very end. Show yep. announcement. Go ahead. Uh, so first thing around the league, I mean, we'll start. It was obviously on display in this game, but that's the trade that went down the other day. 
he acquiring Terry Rozier from the Hornets in exchange for Lowry in a first. Um, you know, I don't want to obviously judge the trade off these two games we've seen so far. Uh, Terry's oh, been acclimated tonight. It was a back-to-back, whatever. He hasn't been shooting well lately. But, I mean, I think overall, good trade for the Heat. Hard to say otherwise. Lowry is old, washed up, had a shitty contract, and seemingly has been, like, <laughs> wanting to a trade and has not been, like, seeing eye-to-eye with the team for the last, like, <laughs> you think he wanted one to the ball ball games. or to the Hornets? Well, <laughs> no, but he's also not going to play a game for the Hornets. They're either going to buy him out or trade him again, so. Um, that's I mean Fair. whatever. But also, I mean, I just feel like with all of the every little move, like I think the Heat, I don't know. It, it almost seems like maybe they've gotten a little too like high on their own supply. Like they believe in their own whole Heat culture a little too much. Where some of these things, like I mean, did you at see a certain the amount of time, so many players leave and change, and it's like, well, oh, that, I mean, the court. Don't even get me started on the stupid court. We saw that obviously back in the IST and shit, but. That's just laughable to put all that stuff in the paint. It's absolutely hilarious. fucking paragraph. But, I know. But the whole thing, even just writing heat culture on the shirts is, is over the top, I think. But, um, yeah, again, just to keep changing these personnel around, and it's like, you look at these guys, and it's like, the heat culture is supposed to be these, like, dogs who go out there and battle. And to me, like, Kyle Lowry was that. As much as we can laugh and joke that he's mm-hmm. a fat ass and that he's washed, like... He's a little scary in the playoffs. Like, he's just doing weasel shit. He's making yeah. plays. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, he's like muddying up the game. So I kind of think they're going to miss that. Um, he's also, like, kind of settles them down and is their closest true point guard. So now, like, Hero and Rozier can run offense, but they're both kind of, like, me-first guys. So, mm-hmm. again, I mean, I don't want to – I still think it's a good move for the Heat, like an obvious very big upgrade and a one-for-one. One, but in terms of just, like, what this team is now – I don't know. Like, I'm not sure I see it. And again, it's easy to say yeah. after a night where they just got dominated, but um, it's like, I feel like they've gotten they kind the of far Grizzlies away. They lost last night, too. So well, it's yeah. Like, and uh, the Grizzlies with, you know, led by G.G. Jackson, yeah, like Vince the... Williams Jr., Scotty Pippen Jr., yeah. where the three main main Colts. Scotty Pippen Jr.? Yeah, he had his career high in points, rebounds, and assists <laughs> last night. <laughs> no yeah. way. That's oh, yeah. awesome. I yeah that's incredible. I know <laughs> so again like I think they might have like almost flown too close to the sun thinking that they can just turn over the roster as many times as they can and they'll no matter what like keep playing this style and um you know they think now tonight was either their fifth or sixth straight loss so again we'll see if they can kind of figure things out now that they've got Terry I'm not saying it was a bad trade or that he's not an upgrade but um you know at what point, and it's like, it probably literally will be until they're eliminated from the playoffs till I am, like, ready to openly concede it. But at one point, are we going to look back and be like, yeah, that just, like, wasn't a very good team anymore. Yeah, I mean, it might be one of those things, almost like you said earlier, with, like, the Nets, where it's kind of like there's this thing, and then you go up and play them, I mean, and it's almost like, uh, like, what's the uh, <laughs> the thing in Harry Potter that's, like, scary, and then they make it ridiculous? Ridiculous? They're, like, oh, Bogart God. or whatever? Yeah. Is it a Bogart? <laughs> where it's, like, the scariest thing, it's, like, you know, right. holy shit, here comes like Jimmy that. Baller and Eric Spolstra, and then it's just like, Christos Porzingis, and bam, <laughs> it's just like, okay. So, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. Like I said, the trade, you know, we I think that, again, it was, we talked about on the show, it was like our, like, least desired destination for him, but we all said it makes a lot of sense for Rozier to go there, and, yeah. you know, I think they'll be a fit, but again, I don't know. Again, Definitely. I feel like defense is kind of a mindset, you can learn a little bit, but they did give up a guy who was kind of like it was a little bit more of that heat culture. I still kick it over that fucking floor though. The whole goddamn paragraph in the paint. <laughs> yeah, and that's it was, all right. It'd be like it'd be like uh, the Patriots, like if they like have like a jersey, just like the Patriot yeah. way. It's like 
Let like other people say that stuff. It's yeah. weird when you're it's, the one saying. Well, right, exactly. It's one thing to have this like aura around there that everyone kind of talks about and you kind of like joke about, but now it's like you're writing a fucking Star Wars intro like on your in the paint of your core. It's like <laughs> yeah, it is. It this is, is like and that. it's just like so. I, I don't cringe. even know the word it's for it. So cringe. It's like, yeah, it is exactly, and it's so not like what they're supposed to be. Like, we're the nastiest, scariest, toughest, roughest. It says it's like, like most. It's like a parody, best conditioned. Like, yeah, it's like an it's like an actual parody of like what they're going for almost. Like, yeah. So. Well, yeah, exactly. And it's like if someone else says it, it's fine. When once you start to say it, though, it's just like okay, right. like, yeah. exactly. So like you really put all your eggs in that is, basket. Uh, a turning point to where we're gonna look back and be like, yeah, they they were all <laughs> all going backwards, and we just couldn't quite see it at the time. So hopefully, it's all part of their downfall. Yeah. All right, so you led with the rosier of all the news in the NBA. I was wondering what would be yeah. the one well, we it was most relevant. I feel like to the show, I guess. Okay, most relevant. To so is this next one? Would you but, think it'd be the most the biggest? Well, yeah. Yeah, all I right. think the biggest news that's happened, of course, is seemingly kind of out of nowhere. I, I mean, a real shock. I think the Bucks yeah. at thirty and thirteen firing. Their first year coach, Adrian Griffin, after only 43 games. Um, Wild. One of the highest winning percentages of a coach ever to get fired in the history, <laughs> of course. 30-13, uh, he's probably sitting there like, wow, what could I have done better? But again, I mean, the writing was kind of on the wall. They're like, they have the second worst record in the NBA against the spread. So it shows they're kind of like playing worse than they should um, and just kind of wow. like pulling out, pulling a lot of wins out of their ass against bad teams in games yeah. where they haven't looked good. Their defense has been awful and hasn't shown any signs of improvement. Um, and you know, a lot of the schemes he's tried on both ends just haven't worked. It sounds like the players didn't seem to really be meshing with him. Didn't want him around. Obviously didn't want Second him around. Second worst and, team uh, against the spread, you said? Yeah. Oh, wow. The, so. the call yeah. came in from the desert, huh? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, they pulled the plug on it and I mean, it se obviously seems harsh, but at the same time, like when you're the box, you are all in on this window with Giannis and Dame. Yeah. Like you really can't afford to waste a season with a coach who you don't think is the guy to get the job done so again probably seems extreme but if they felt like they had to do it they felt like they had to do it now uh rounding out making this seem funnier they've announced that they've hired doc rivers uh <laughs> which is just hilarious in so many ways doc Unreal. obviously this also came out in shams's story that after the in-season tournament they brought doc in as a con coaching consultant so he's kind of been consulting for adrian griffin already <laughs> like co-coaching him almost it's... like which is weird in so many other ways so for one it's kind of like a is he like orchestrating this guy to get fired so he can take over the job it's like one element of it it's like oh, okay yeah. well that's kind of weird you have this guy clearly just like lingering to be the next coach but then second of all if you're the box it's like we're firing the coach and our solution to fixing his coaching is to go to the coach who's giving him the idea <laughs> nice. yeah, like, exactly. that's a good yeah. endorsement for dog yeah. that his help led the coach led the guy to get fired <laughs> you consulted like, him so... straight to the grave Right, so it's like that's not exactly usually something that would get someone like elevated to another position. Um, <laughs> that's I think that's but, like the funniest wrinkle of like the whole thing. Yeah. Um, outside of maybe some of the memes about him, him like <laughs> just the meme. I mean, just an unreal meme day, great day for yeah. Twitter and oh, everything. Great, great memes, um, great all the memes. stories about him, like then like uh, people kind of getting fooled on like that that he was talking about like the Thanas. How do you say Giannis's brother's name? Tenassus. Tenat. Oh, not even close. Tough no. acting Tenassin. Um <laughs> Yeah, just like some of those stories was great. But I think like the biggest thing is, like you said, like they're basically like, all right, like you're struggling a little bit to start. We're going to bring in a consultant. It's like, just do what he says. It's like, all right, I'm doing what the consultant says. Yeah, no, that's not good. We're just, just going to put the consultant who just like consulted right. you to like getting fired. His consulting as, like, the guy didn't in work. Charge. But 
Yeah. What if he was just like doing everything? Right. It's like you didn't all the it's probably just you... something getting lost in translation and the consulting. Yeah, exactly. Sure right. he's directly I'm giving sick of you the misunderstanding the consultant. Yeah. So yeah. here we go. Right. Yeah. So they obviously just like wanted this to happen. Again, the writing was on the wall. I mean, I think it's a hilarious situation. It's definitely the best for like entertainment is, value. Is that like NBA, a common thing for a coach to have like a consultant in there like that? Because that's what I was thinking I too, where it's just I like don't know. I, mean, I like guess yeah, I guess we don't know, but it's just like because if you're the right. players, if you, didn't you, get see, fired, you start to see Doc walk, walking around, it's kind of like kneecapping the coach. Like, if you see Doc walking around, if you're the players, right. you're kind well, of like... Well, right. Like, did everyone know, I know that he had this role? How known was this role? Like, was it a, a secret and it's only coming out because he got fired and hired? Because, like, again, yeah. even if you just think of, like, the dynamic before. So, they have basically a secret coaching consultant who's also a full-time announcer of national games for ESPN <laughs> and is doing regular appearances on the Bill Simmons podcast for The Ringer. And just like sharing it, NBA thoughts with the world, like twice a week, um, is also <laughs> like giving secrets. The Bucks going to try something new this week. It's yeah, like... <laughs> so it's like the, the whole situation is just so bizarre and yeah. such a mess. It's just hilarious that it's Doc of all people. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, I guess probably part of it is they were like Griffin. They're probably like, this is way too extreme. Like we're just trying way too radical. They're like Doc. He's old school. He's vanilla. He'll just like get what's there. You know, he's not going to. He's not going to like raise our ceiling, but he's also not going to lower our floor. Like we have good players. Doc will write the ship. He's obviously a really good players coach. He'll be good with the stars. They'll like him, the old veteran stars. And they're like, you know, that's fine. But I, I don't think he's, I think that half the problem maybe was the coaching, but I think like they still have major personnel problems. They don't have great defensive personnel. They don't have good role players. The other guys are aging. Like, yeah, they've got problems that switching to Doc as a coach is not going to solve. So um, I just can't wait to see how this plays out. I think the whole situation is hilarious. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a, it'll at least be way more entertaining for us. Yeah. Um, I feel like the funniest, like, dream outcome at this point is the, well, I mean, this was, I don't want it to happen, but it would just be absolutely hilarious um, and legendary for Doc if he just goes on the ultimate Doc Rivers revenge tour. Magic in the first round, Sixers in the second round, Celtics in the third round, Clippers in the finals. Well, beats all of his former teams on route to we the definitely don't want championship. All of that. Oh no, it would be hilarious. It's just an absolutely hilarious well. like storylines. I mean, all of his, all of his former teams in a row would just be an absolute riot for him. Uh, I don't think it's gonna happen. I certainly hope it doesn't happen, but yeah. it would be pretty funny. in the fact that that's even we'll something that evil we can talk about. Um, and then I mean, the biggest losers I think out of this whole situation are us, who now have to listen to just Breen and Dorsberg calling Bro. the NBA Finals. I know. I saw someone said too. Like I saw like a tweet that was like. ESPN confirms they are not considering bringing back Van Gundy. It's like, fuck you then. Like, you know, like, what do you okay. mean? Van Gundy's on our staff. We don't want to lose well, Van Gundy. I, well, no, I mean, <laughs> I did think that afterwards because he's like, well, he's not like a consultant, right? He's like a different He's role. our dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he like, it's like, well, he like, he's just he's like, hired a, as like a, I mean, he's he like is, a player but... personnel thing or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm it's sure a really it's weird role. It, it, it probably is similar, but it just doesn't, it just, the, the fact that the Rivers thing was in secret. It's yeah. like the, again, it's like Emperor Palpatine, like sneakily being the senator and like molding Anakin. <laughs> but also and, like, being like the senator. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like kill Mace Windu and then he's like, ha ha ha. Like, like at least Van Gundy was like announced to the world that he's like, yeah, has yeah, this it job. Was he was. It wasn't like he's just hiding and like whispering in Missoula's ear. The Palpatine. Like, the guy there might be a meme uh, in there somewhere. I already did yeah. the little finger. Uh, I know you shouldn't well, trust yeah, Told you shouldn't trust from me. Fucking, uh, Lord of the Rings, like the rat guy who's like whispering to Theoden and like sucking the powers out of him or whatever. It's like oh, straight Jesus. out of one of these fucking movies or whatever. It's just crazy scene, crazy story. But I think you know makes if makes the Doc NBA just, more like comes to the first game with just like a wicked scarred face and everything like that. Like Palpatine, <laughs> that would just like so yeah. awesome. 
yeah, I just, again, I just think it makes the makes the league more the league that was already couldn't have been more entertaining somehow has just gotten even more entertaining and has even more storylines to watch now so yeah that's awesome. great stuff all around great story um not as interesting of a story but also worth noting the wizards fired their coach wes Unsell jr um feel really Molded bad for him, him technically well yeah that's true they did elevate him to the front office you're right well, good like... for him i felt bad he got hired to coach like the team with like beal westbrook and whoever that was supposed to at least compete for like a play-in playoff spot and mm-hmm. they just immediately like gave him the shittiest roster in the nba with absolutely no hope and wanted to tank, do you think so. that's why they put him onto the front? they're like look i mean we're I, not gonna like embarrass you you can still just collect I'm, your paycheck i don't know like maybe it was more of a more remote thing. yeah because maybe he was just like this sucks like I don't want to go to this fucking garbage <laughs> operation. So yeah, hard to say, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, another, we talked about the Carl Anthony Towns 62 burger the other night while we were recording. Um, oh yeah. Came out the next day. The NBA's last two minute report, 10 missed calls in the last two minutes. Um, Insane. At a certain point, it's like, why are you, what do you have to gain by even releasing these last two minute I mean, reports? That, like, I feel like if there's ever a time where you have to 10 like calls? publicly, like, the league has to like fine a ref or something like that. I know they don't have to show the refs up, but it's like I mean, if you're missing 10, t- an average of two five minutes. calls in one minute of play, yeah, that's like that's I almost every get, ten seconds you're making a worse? bad call. You'd have to be better off just like not calling anything, yeah. <laughs> just letting them play no matter what. It would be like not that bad. I every twelve think. seconds, it's a ten it's a missed incorrect call. decisions in two minutes. Like is just to have insane, just to have ten calls in the last <laughs> ten minutes is like insanity. Right. Well, well, I guess they're not them, all. Some, some of them are missed calls. Yeah, yeah. Some right. are non calls. And point. like some of them, like there were two fouls. Like Towns on his last drive to tie it. For the that layup. one you could he see got it fouled twice yeah. by two yeah. separate guys. Neither one got called. Wow. Um, so I mean, you know, we all we've said enough about the refs, but I, that was just absolutely jarring. I've never seen ten incorrect calls in the last two minute report. Um, another interesting ref scene that went down two nights ago. Uh, I think later that same night was the Blazers were holding on to a lead against the Thunder in a tight game. Yeah. And the Blazers got the ball up one. Chauncey Billups is screaming for a timeout. Malcolm Brogdon picks up his dribble and is calling timeout over the ball. Uh, Refs don't give it to him. He, like, stumbles and the ball dribbles again. He gets called for a double dribble. They didn't award the timeout. Um, Chauncey Billups, I guess, rightfully loses his mind. Uh, Goes absolutely ballistic. Gets two technicals. Gets ejected. Obviously, that gives the Thunder the ball back. Uh, they hit a free throw to tie it, and then J-Dub, Jalen Williams hit a pretty nasty step-back jumper to win it for the Thunder. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the Portland Trailblazers are basically tanking, whatever. So, competitive losses are probably the best result for them. But, again, just disturbing refing. Like, this is just a routine call where the player, like, you could see Brogdon, the way he picked it up, turns and has his hands over the ball. Like, that's a classic call for timeout. Uh, they didn't award it to him. The Blazers announced they're going to protest the game. But yeah. I just saw a tweet from Woj that, like, the time has passed and they're not going to protest it. They feel like they've already, like, made their what? point. So I don't even know what that means. Um, I, I, I was going to say, do you know more. what, like, formally protesting the outcome of the game is? Well, like, I have no idea. And maybe that was okay. part of it is they were just like, this is just a waste of energy and resources. And again, like, the best outcome for us is probably compiling losses anyway. Um, but just more blatantly bad stuff. Uh, really dumb and silly. Uh, sticking with the Blazers and of our old friend we already talked about a good amount, Rob Williams, his name, even though he's out for the season, his name actually surfaced in some trade rumors saying there's some teams that are interested and think now would be a good time to buy low. Um, oh, wow. And one that was referenced, I know, by Chris Haynes was the Rockets. He said Ime Udoka still has a very soft spot for Rob and might think this is a good time to go out and get him on the cheap. And uh, 
bring him back to his glory days. So we just saw the Rockets. I think a big roaming athletic rim protector like Rob Williams will be a pretty nice fit. So yeah. uh, I wouldn't hate that for Rob. Um, I mean, at this point, really just hope he can get healthy and be solid again. But the fact that teams yeah. are still interested in calling on him is kind of cool. Well, I mean, if it's just Ime, then... <laughs> Or is his email it's kind of like a very yeah, yeah, it's very like Jimmy Rob. Yeah, that's like a very it's not like tease. It's like these former coaches like well, could be true. But yeah, hopefully it does happen. I, you know, I, I wish all the best for Rob, especially with the injuries. I hope that gets figured out. There's like a picture that went on Twitter the other day of his knees and like the. Did you see that picture? No, bad or it was well. They like the tweet made it seem like he's like recovering, but it's like. There were like just so many scars on him. I was like, well, yeah, how many surgeries like, he had on those puppies? I know, but it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I felt like, I felt like yeah, bad for point. like the way I reacted to the tweet, but like the tweet was like, oh, like looking good. It's just like, eh, is it? Sure. About yeah, that? Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, that's not yeah. great. So, Glad I didn't see so, that. I uh, hope he gets straight to the, the Rockets. So that'd be good. I'd like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, in other news, the U.S. basketball came out with their first uh, 41 man group to pick the roster from um almost anyone you could imagine would be was on this roster this list of players again 41 americans so no draymond uh no no draymond which is kind of funny um not well not really funny it was more funny that i saw people writing an article about like the reason why draymond wasn't selected is like i don't think that requires an article like i think everyone (laughs) knows why he wasn't selected we know Um, yeah yeah no i mean nothing nothing like super stood out for me all four american celtic starters were on the list of players um my biggest takeaway from this is like i honestly kind of hope that like the veteran old guard just doesn't do it because like i'm i don't know i'm kind of bored by the thought of another like lebron kd curry those guys like Let's let, like, the Ant Edwards, Tatum, t- like, whatever team, uh, you know, yeah, pass the torch. Like, we don't need, I don't know, we don't need those guys going back. So, we'll see. It's a long ways away, but uh, I'm, I'm down to kind of see what the next generation of the Dream Team looks like. But a lot of good talent. Definitely a lot of good yeah, talent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Leaves in good hands. And then more, I guess, on that note, the All-Star starters came out tonight. Did you have any uh, issues with the starters? Any qualms there? Uh, I mean, I don't, think that, to... I don't think that Damian Lillard should be a starter. Definitely not. Um, I think that's... I guess uh, I don't I don't have the West off the top of my head, but I just saw Dame Willard, and that's just The West crazy. was Shea, Luka, LeBron, KD, and um, Jokic. Yeah, I mean, I feel like LeBron just can always be there. Oh, right. but... I would have had Kawhi in there over probably either one of those guys with how well he's played and how well the Clippers played and how much he's played. I think he's been just yeah. a little better, but I mean, that's, you know, nitpicking. Yeah. I didn't think but, yeah, that, that really one all, was that just one all... Lillard over uh, Brunson and Mitchell and even Maxi. Yeah. I thought was a lot, but again, so much of the stuff is weighted by the fan vote, which is obviously what got him into that role. So nothing yeah. crazy compared to back in the day. At least they fixed the system where we didn't get like, you know, just the most popular international guy starting for no reason. Yeah. So, three Lakers not, the so they're not doing now, like the draft anymore. It's, it's back to just East right, and West, just right? East West, yeah. That's good. Yeah. No, I think overall pretty reasonable. Kind of crazy. Steph Curry not starting. I mean, it's, it's warranted, obviously, like Shea and Luca deserve it, but. Just kind of weird to not see him up there. I think it's the first time in a long time. Probably, yeah, a really long time. Yeah, that, that that didn't stick out. But, yeah, I mean, the team's just – they're not great, and he's just old. And those other guys are just awesome. Do you see that they <laughs> want to get Hauser into the uh, three-point contest? Yeah, I mean, as they should. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I hope he wears, like, the, the full jumpsuit, too. Like, I feel like if you're a Southern player, <laughs> you have to do that. Definitely, definitely. Um, all right, you got so anything cool. else? Uh... Yeah, and then the only other minor game things, KD had a sick uh, kind of – hesitation in air like almost double clutch near buzzer beater to beat the bulls suns 
kind of rolling. I think they've now won seven in a row, and they're already only just a game out of the four seed. So they've gotten right up into that mix uh, with those top few seeds in the West. And teams that we were kind of scoffing at early, like the Clippers and Suns, have rebounded and now look like they're playing almost as well as anyone and are kind of right on the right on the verge of that contender status. So, uh, you know, little do we know. Once those guys are healthy, they look really good. And then tonight, Tyrese Halliburton didn't play, but the Pacers got their first win of this new era. Pascal Siakam had a triple-double, and uh, the Pacers put a whooping on the Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid Philadelphia 76ers. So, a nice win for the Pacers. Um, and, you know, hopefully Halliburton will be back on a consistent basis because it will be fun to watch. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for around the league jam packed. Uh, why don't you go ahead and just give us a quick little breakdown of what we can expect Celtics play again against the Clippers at home on Saturday. Clippers are coming to town. Obviously we beat the Clippers last time we played them. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you go ahead and just let us know what we can look for for in this matchup. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, the Clippers have been one of the hottest teams in the league since a very slow start since they acquired James Harden. We, Beat him pretty good last time, but of course that was one of the very few games that Kawhi Leonard actually missed. So I'm looking forward to seeing them at full strength as they have looked like possibly the biggest threat to the Denver Nuggets out West. Uh, this team's looking really good. Harden is playing maybe the best basketball of his career, playing much more of like a true point guard role, which is great because it's allowing George and Leonard to really play off the wings, not having to be like overburdened with creating offense. They can kind of just all focus on what they're best at and all three of those guys, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but like George and Kawhi, I think should definitely be all-stars. Harden has played at an all-star level. Again, you can only pick 12 guys, and there's mm-hmm. so many good players. But this Clippers team has been absolutely awesome. Westbrook's giving them stuff off the bench. Zubats is out, so we'll see a heavy dose of our friend Daniel Tice uh, backing up Mason Plumlee. Um, but yes. I'm looking forward to this one. I mean, again, they they probably, the Celtics and Clippers for the last few years have probably been the two teams with the two best two-way wings in the league. So it's always felt like it's been a bit of a measuring stick. It was always kind of us looking up at them. It seems like in recent years the torch has been passed a little bit, so uh, I'm sure they might have a little edge want to go out there and prove some things to us. I think this is going to be a really good basketball game. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm excited. I didn't look at the times. That That's not like a matinee or nothing crazy like that, right? I'm assuming it's like the national TV Saturday Night Showcase game. Okay, perfect. Um, I don't yeah. have it in front Yeah, yeah, of confirmed. Me, but... 7 o'clock, confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah, um, it's going to be awesome. All right, yeah. No, I'm excited for that one. That, that's definitely going to be a great matchup to see. Another very tough test at home is we're now on a one-game one home losing streak, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we got to get got to get right. Um, but, yeah, that'll wrap up tonight's episode. Well, actually, no, we do have one special, actually, our major announcement. Almost screen the major announcement. So, Southwick's win, 143-110. But the big story is that we are launching the Chuddy's Corner website. We are moving out of our home at nickprano.com. We've loved Nick Prano real estate. Our sponsor, nickprano.com. Been great, but the bird is ready to leave the nest. So shuddyscorner.com will be your new home for all things Shuddy's Corner. We're going to have blog posts. We're going to have episode posts. Um, Shuddy, you're going to be cranking out a few more of those blogs. We have a special uh, blog that's going to be coming out to break things in about the Grant TPE. Guys that can mm-hmm. fit in there, you're going to kind of rate those. Let us know who you think. Yeah, this um, is the most comprehensive breakdown you will get. It is of very for that comprehensive. Six point two million dollar yeah. TPA. I promise, yeah. uh, you will you will yes. take something out of that article. Yes, there is, and this will kind of help you out. There's been a few like different sort of there's those ag- aggregator Twitter feeds being like so and so might be, and it's impossible to happen. Um, this will this no. will help you. You'll know all the guys that can fit into that grant TPA. I assure you that I saw the blog. It's very very comprehensive. But you're gonna have more <laughs> blogs going on there. 
Um, we're gonna have all the episodes up there. Um, we're working on getting a mailbag feature too, so you can be sending in a few questions. Maybe do a mailbag episode a little bit down the road in the season. Um, we're very excited about it. Again, it's Chuddy's Corner, C H U D D Y S Corner dot com. Got the domain name. Shockingly enough, no one had Chuddy's Corner dot com already yeah. saved. No, um, someone did have it. We had to we had to buy them out. We didn't. We hear. bought them out. Oh yeah. wow! Just cost yeah. a couple milli from the sponsor. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so yeah, very excited. So by the time you guys are listening to this, unless you're an absolute sicko staying up, if you're one of those chuddy heads likes to stay up late and catch the episode fresh, first of all, we love you. Um, but when you wake up tomorrow morning, tired, exhausted, making your way through the bathroom, trying to find the light, pop open your phone, check chuddyscorner.com mobile. It's on mm-hmm. mobile. It's on the internet. Uh, that's Enter the, the Chuddyverse, everyone. Enter the Chuddyverse. Yes. Welcome to the Chuddyverse. We're very excited about it. I'm even going to try my hand a few blogs here and there. I'm going to get the dust off the old typing fingers. Ooh, Got ooh, a pretty ooh. good word per minute, so I think I can probably figure some <laughs> stuff out there. Can't um, wait. But yes, very, very, Editors very excited. Editor's going to be working overtime. What's that? Editor's going to be working overtime. Oh, yeah. No, we're going. We're going. We're raw dogging it. No editing, nothing. We're raw dogging that. <laughs> Typos included, baby. That's authentic Celtics talks right there. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, chuddyscorner.com, the new home for everything Chuddy's Corner. Super, super, super excited about it. Um, but, yeah, so that's it. That's the major announcement. We're going to end tonight's episode with the Celtics on a 143-110 win against the Heat. Clippers on Saturday. We'll be back on Saturday. If you miss us, make sure you check out chuddyscorner.com, home for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, also, make sure you like, subscribe if you haven't done it already. Whatever you're listening to, like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. You can even leave reviews on the website, too. All different types of ways to get at us. So we'll see you on chuddyscorner.com, and we'll see you on uh, Saturday for the Clippers game. Chuddy, have a good night. Peace out, Chuddy Ads.